welcome to Extra Vision with me, Andy McCarroll. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the latest Ridley Scott historical epic, Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix. We're also going to be looking at the boy who lived the documentary about stuntman David Holmes, who was paralyzed during the film of Harry Potter. We'll start with the big cinema release this week, which is Napoleon, which is about the checkered rise and fall of the iconic French emperor Napoleon Bonaparte, played by Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix and directed by Ridley Scott who was 85 years old and he still has the piss and vinegar of a man half his age who couldn't follow the press tour on that. The synopsis of the film says that the film shows Bonaparte's relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his one true love, Josephine. When you're tackling a real-life subject like this, there's a number of avenues you can take. You can either print the legend and lean into the bombast, the mythology, you ignore the downsides, and you essentially make the superhero version as Elvis or Wolf of Wall Street did. Or you can make it about how mundane the reality of it was. You know, things like Nomadland, Minari, even Zodiac. Like, there's a version of Zodiac which is all just, you know, agents kicking down doors and hunting a serial killer and basically another version of Seven. But those films showed the kind of the reality of these situations and they could very easily have been given the, the Hollywood gloss, but they weren't much to, uh, I think, the, the betterment of those films. Or, finally... You can take the road director really Scott has taken with Napoleon where you reduce a subject or figure of great complexity and you essentially boil it down to one singular defining trait. And in this case, it's Napoleon struggling with the fact that he loves his wife more than she loves him. And, it's, you know, it's not too hard to read. And it's a man conquering all corners of the globe because of his inability to conquer his own wife. And I'd argue it's probably the least interesting path you can take for a film like this. Now, Ridley Scott has been quick to dismiss any criticism of the historical inaccuracies, which would be forgivable if the film rose above those complaints. Like, Gladiator, for example, isn't going to feature in any historical must-watch list, but it does feature on the Best Picture Oscar one, so instead of this, the film just kind of trudges along. It's got the same level of disinterest that Joaquin Phoenix seems to have for much of the film, and it's a rare miss from him. He is normally spectacular, you know, things like Zodiac, or sorry, Zodiac, uh, like Gladiator, You Were Never Really Here, even Joker. Here he just kind of sleepwalks through it. There's no hint of anything under the surface, or a hint of a French accent for that matter. And after like 157 minutes in his company, you're kind of left none the wiser. Like, why was Napoleon so popular with the soldiers? Why was he so popular with the people of France? And you don't get anything past surface level with him. And it's even then, like, you're kind of missing any discussion. Like, why was he revered as this incredible military strategist? Like, everyone was like, you know, even his worst detractors were like, you know, Napoleon was a battlefield genius and the kind of closest thing you get you get one line in it where where phoenix is napoleon says oh i simply know where to place a cannon and you know if you're if you're putting this amount of effort into it that's like a one line throwaway isn't good enough on that standpoint the film i will say does look absolutely stunning like cinematographer uh darius wakalsi he knows how to project kind of scale and intimacy with equal skill. Vanessa Kirby is fantastic as Empress Josephine. She is the standout. She's kind of underserved as well, which leads into one of the bigger problems with the film. Like it's very disjointed. It somehow feels like it's too long and too short at the same time. Maybe like like Kingdom of Heaven had the same problem as well. And and maybe there's a four-hour cut of Napoleon that's going to show up on, on Apple TV, and maybe that'll fill in the blank spots that the, the theatrical version has, but I don't know. I think there's a lot more than just missing a few plot points to to save this film. I'll still give it a watch though, and hopefully be better. I was skeptical of Kingdom of Heaven, but that 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 surprised me. 
overall it, it's a worthy watch but you will kind of find your mind wandering like i was just particularly i was thinking of the, the stanley kubrick version like what would that have looked like or there's also a hbo series uh, that steven spielberg is behind as well um very interesting how that turns out or even if that goes ahead based on the back of that i don't think this is going to be the big juggernaut of success that's going to tank that project and not make him want to do it but again like i said maybe the four hour cut of this film will make it more satisfying overall though it was very middle and considering who was involved like ridley scott joaquin and phoenix you know this great historical figure that you know to be honest i don't know a hell of a lot about past the kind of the mythology this is why i was really looking forward to this to find out all this like what made napoleon this you know iconic figure of uh, of historical significance and this didn't really give me that past you know what you read in the the history books when you were in school there's just a, a lot of surface a lot of gloss and i know that's been a, a big criticism of ridley scott previously that you know his films look spectacular but there's nothing really going on under the surface here it's kind of a mix of both where it doesn't have that you know okay we'll throw all the historical accuracies out the window but we'll give you the entertainment of something like Gladiator or even The Last Duel, which I really, really enjoyed. Instead, it kind of has one foot in each and doesn't really deliver on either. I'd say three out of five. It's not a bad film. It's not a good film. It's just, you know, probably worst of all, it's a very forgettable film. Something that's far from forgettable is the latest offering from Sky Documentaries, The Boy Who Lived. This tells the story of David Holmes, who is a gymnast from Essex who selected to play Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double in the first Harry Potter film. And then over the next 10 years, the two of them become incredible friends. But a tragic accident set left David paralyzed with a spinal injury. And then it shows Daniel Radcliffe and a lot of his friends, a lot of my colleagues in the stunt business, um, kind of rallying around David in his moment of need. And then David just showing this incredible spirit and resilience and you know, there can be a temptation when you're tackling a story like this that's defined by a tragic event. You either focus on nothing but the positives, you know, the inspiring resilience of the person, how they've turned tragedy into triumph and kind of ignore the daily hardships that make the viewer uncomfortable. You know, you want people left with this kind of warm and fuzzy feeling after. Or you can go the opposite way. You take the kind of the, the pity party angle where, you know, it's a shameless plug at the heartstrings where it's just, you know, trying to depress you, trying to make you cry. But, you know, we, we saw this year the, the Michael J. Fox documentary, which was absolutely fantastic. And it said to him, it's like, well, there's a version of this film that's, you know, really sad and depressing. And Michael J. Fox is turning and goes, nah, that sounds really fucking boring. <laughs> and I, I admire the fact that he done that. Like that. If you haven't seen that, also, that is an absolutely fantastic film. But David Holmes is someone truly remarkable. He's this physical specimen who, you know, who uses his body to make a living. And then having to cope, like, not only would his livelihood being taken away, like, you can tell how passionate it is. Like, it says something like if he was, you know, cured tomorrow, the first thing you do is go back to work. But you also see the effect his accident has had on those closest to him. And it doesn't kind of shy away from that. Radcliffe in particular, I was expecting going in, this would be, you know, showing him in the best of light. You know, oh, he's doing all these fantastic things for someone who's gone through this and, you know, essentially kind of make him look like, you know, uh, a better person for, you know, helping this person out in his hour of need. But he is, he's surprisingly open and frank. Like he talks about his own difficulty with the fallout. Like he's kind of saying when he walks in, like, I don't know if I can be normal around you now because, because of what happened, because of the accident. 
and like your life has been irreparably changed while you were in the act of kind of making sure that mine is my safety is okay and that must be like a horrible thing to live with as well and, and Radcliffe is very you know very open about the whole thing which I'm very very impressed with he just comes across like a genuinely nice guy like he he doesn't pander like it would be very easy to like pander in this documentary to make him look in the best light but he, he doesn't and you have another you know two other guys and as well one of his friends uh mark malley he had the kind of the unenviable task of he had to replace holmes on harry potter and you're looking at this going oh geez that, that, that's a horrible scenario to be in but holmes is just so incredibly positive and impressive during all of this like he it's not like he doesn't shy away from the realities of the situation, but he is, you know, he always tries to focus on this. And the obvious take from this film is, you know, you kind of come away like, oh, you have gratitude from your own situation. You know, oh, thank God that didn't happen to me. But I kind of find myself looking enviously at Holmes and like ultimately inspired by him because he just has this ability to seek positives in every scenario. But it's never done with like blind optimism. He's never in denial about his situation. He just has this strength of character to overcome all these like relentless obstacles that keep getting thrown in his way. And all the while, he kind of goes out of his way to reassure others or help others see the positive in his life, including Radcliffe at one point as well. The scene that stuck out for me, though, is there's one where Holmes is, is he's, you know, he's getting tested. He's, start, he's lost the feeling in one arm. He's starting to lose it in the other. And the nurse is kind of testing the sensibility on that. And he's asking her about COVID and all this and asks her if she lost anyone. And the nurse kind of wells up, yeah, I did. And he just turns and he says, if I could squeeze your hand right now, I would. And just the fact that his thought in that moment, like his body is literally betraying him at that time. And his first thought is, how is this other person doing? Like it was, I was in floods watching at certain points, but it's hilarious as well at some point he is he just comes across like a genuinely funny nice guy like the film itself you know it's heartbreaking it's inspiring and he's just an absolutely remarkable person and the film does it in such a way where you just feel like he's like a good dude i'd love to hang out with him like he just seems like like the salt of the earth kind of person like that you'd be proud to call a friend he'd be proud to know and but surprised about the accent like Holmes I can't ever say surprising like nothing should surprise me with the guy after after watching this but he did chose not to sue the production company again thinking of other people because he said just because something bad happened to me there's no need to get somebody sacked and ruin their life too he's you know all he's short of doing is having wings on his back the guy he is absolutely incredible and it's just I, I can't recommend this film. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. One of the best films I've seen in a long time. And I have to give it the, I have to give it the five stars out of five. I absolutely loved it. I, I can't recommend this enough. It's rare I come across something like this where like, if anyone asks me for a recommendation to watch, I go, Boy Who Lived, Boy Who Lived. This is, you, you need to check this out. So that's it for this week. Next week, in honour of my horrendous defeat at the Irish Podcast Awards, I would say a robbery we're going to be looking at the biggest award snubs in Oscar history. So my name is now on the, the prestigious list that joins, you know, the, the likes of Goodfellas. So good company for me to be in. So until then, have a wonderful weekend and watch The Boy Who Lived. And if you're stuck, watch Napoleon. <laughs>